Welcome to the Messiah Podcast. We are so glad you tuned in today. Whether you are driving, doing chores, or taking a walk, we hope the Lord quiets your head and your heart to hear truth and be challenged through His Word. Without further ado, let's dive into the message. Well, grab a Bible, if you will. Turn over to Jeremiah chapter 29. We're actually going to start there. It might be a little bit different. Uh, as we start there. And then we are going to go to our Christmas story of Matthew 2. This is a story about the Magi who come to visit Jesus. But for now, go to the Jeremiah 29. It's on page 785 if you're using the, the, the Bibles that are in the rack. In fact, if you would like one of those Bibles, home is our gift to you. Uh, or grab your phone, whatever you have. Uh, I like to use my iPad for this. So I have a question for you as you're turning there. Jeremiah 29. <clears throat> It's actually a number of questions. It's actually the same question. I'm just going to ask it in about four different ways because I really want you to just ponder this. And it's a great thing for us to really kind of think about this morning. What length would you go to to follow Jesus? How much is your relationship with God worth? If you had to put a value to it, a dollar value, a time value, a possessions value. How much would you be willing to give up in order to have a relationship with God? If you had to put a price on following Jesus, how much would it be worth? How much, again, would you be willing to give up? I know these are the same question, but this morning I want you to really just stop and go, is it worth, like, an hour on Sunday? Is it worth giving God a little bit of our resources? Is that what your relationship is worth? Or is it worth so much more? And I think as we move forward, I, I think this is going to be really significant for us to just kind of come to grips with, like, like, God, what am I willing to do? What am I willing to give up? Not just for my relationship with you, but, but for others to have a relationship with you. Because um, we're in an extraordinary time right now that I think is going to be amazing in the future and in the coming weeks and months uh, as you start to see where God is taking us and how he's leading us. So Jeremiah 29 is going to kind of set the stage. Now, let me just remind you what's going on in Jeremiah 29. Um, the people stopped following God, didn't want a relationship with God, and so God actually banished them out of Jerusalem and he sent them over to Babylon, which is Iraq of today. And they were banished there for 70 years. And God told them, you can read this in the first pages or the first verses of Jeremiah 29. God said, settle down. You're going to be there for 70 years. Relax. You're not coming home before that. So just relax, settle in. Um, and then there's these verses that you know very well. But we're going to start in verse 10. So if you want to look for that. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promise to bring you back to this place. You might recognize this verse. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. But this is what I want you to see. Most people don't go past it. This is worthy of underlining memorizing, reflecting on. God says, then, like after you come back, then you will 
call on me and come and pray to me. And here's God's promise. And I will listen to you. That's pretty incredible. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. Here's what I want to reflect on before we get to the Magi. Don't ever take it lightly that the creator of everything, the God who's beyond time, beyond space, beyond imagination, who can call into existence things, has a deep, deep desire to know you personally and to know me personally. To know what you're thinking, to know what you're feeling, to know how many hairs are in your head, God says. To care so passionately about you is almost beyond comprehension. And sometimes we just take it for granted. Like, yep, okay, I have a relationship with God. No, just stop for a minute. Every religion in the world, and how many religions are there? I mean, there's, there's religions everywhere, every part of planet Earth. And every one of those religions is man trying to seek a, de- a deity, trying to seek who God is, trying to be good so that someday, someday, that they can get to a special place, karma, something that we call heaven. They want to get there so that maybe if they're good enough, they get to have a relationship with this deity. And they spend their whole life hoping someday to have that relationship. Christianity is different because this is what Christmas is. God came down to us because he knew we couldn't get to him, so he comes to us. And he came to us as a baby. Why as a baby? So that he could have a relationship like a connection with us and actually be a person to know how we feel and what we think and what life is like as a human being and to live among us and be with us. And so he did it specifically to say, I understand what you go through. I understand. I can relate to you because I'm one of you. And I don't want you to ever take that for granted that God went to great lengths for for a connection with us. So that when God says, well, then when you seek me, you'll find me, because I'm right here. When you call, I'm listening. Why? Because I'm right here. I said, I'll be with you always. So when you call, I'm here. Tell me one other deity in the world who has a God as close as God, our God, who listens. When you say God, he's like, I'm right here. What do you want? What do you need? How can I help you? What's going on in your life? And I don't want you to ever gloss over that because we have an opportunity like nobody else on planet Earth. People spend their whole lives looking for meaning. God gives us meaning. People spend their whole life hoping and we have that hope right now. I mean, it's amazing that we can have a personal relationship with God and don't Miss it. 
Why does it matter? I mean, why does this matter? Because one, God came down to connect with us personally. Two, God came down to save us. But there's a third. This is what I want you to really think about today, too. Because I think for me to say, you know why Jesus came? You know, to be born, to die, to rise, to give us salvation. And most of us would say, tell me something I don't know. Because we know that. Okay, but how about the third thing? The third thing is that God wants to partner with us to do the most extraordinary things on earth. And we have limited time, our lifetime. Here's what I want you to just think about. You will never have the opportunity in heaven to help feed someone. You'll never have it. Never. For all eternity, you'll never have the chance to say, are you hungry? I have some food. You won't get that chance again. You'll never have a chance if somebody's hurting to comfort them. Because God says there's no tears in heaven. You'll never have a chance to serve someone Because we'll be serving God, and there's not going to be a need to serve each other because somehow our needs are going to be met. We can't quite fathom what it's going to be like. You'll never have the chance to tell a child, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. You'll never have a chance to say that because I already know Jesus. You'll never have the chance to pray with someone for healing or for help or for guidance or for direction or for God's will or just to pray for them because they're hurting. You'll never get that chance. And what we have the opportunity right now, I mean, as as believers in Christ, we have the chance to partner with God of the universe and love others with God's love. You'll never have that for eternity. I mean, when Jesus comes and says, calls you by name and you go to heaven, your opportunities to do this stuff, gone. I mean, would you just really ponder that? That should cause us to say, thank you, Jesus, for loving me. Thank you that I'm in a relationship with you. Thank you that I'm saved. Now, let's go to the third step. Thank you, God, that you've given me what I have to do the greatest good on planet Earth. You've given me time. That's a gift. Because someday when you get to heaven, no more time. So you have time. If you have your health, use your health. You've got dollars, God probably will give you extra dollars. If you say, God, give me extra dollars to use for your kingdom, he'll probably give it to you because he wants to partner with you. He wants you to do that. So I would, as a, this has been my prayer, God, I'm praying, 
bless us so that we can bless so many more people. And we get to do it individually. Every one of us gets to do it individually. And collectively, we get to do so much more. I'm so excited about next year. Okay, now turn to the story, our Christmas story. Because you're going to see this again, how, how incredible this is of what God does. It's the story of the Magi. So Matthew chapter 2. Jesus was already born. And we're going to walk through kind of a process of what happens. So after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who's been born king of the Jews? Okay, can we pause for just a moment? We have no idea who these magi are. What is a magi? We, we don't even know. They seem to be astronomer, astronomers. We'll find that out in a moment. But these are probably, highly likely, non-Jewish people. These are not God-fearing people, probably. That this is actually, after Jesus was born, it was the first missionary endeavor of God. That God uses the stars to grab some people's hearts and cause them to respond. And they're going to come seeking out. They don't even know who this is. They don't know anything about the Old Testament and the prophecies of the Old Testament, or the coming Savior. They know none of it. They only know the stars. And, and I find this fascinating that God reaches into the lives of, of what you might say today, unbelievers, and God uses the stars to cause them to meet Jesus. It's incredible that God used, he didn't use people, he uses the stars to do this. So they're asking, they're coming. So they come to Jerusalem. Where is the one who's been born king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and we've come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed in all Jerusalem with him. When he called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. Okay, we'll get to that in a minute. So do you find it, I, I find this interesting, that here's these astronomers studied, discovered, and then when they found something in the stars, and if you want a great video, order a video called The Star of Bethlehem, because it'll walk you through exactly what the astronomers saw. And it'll actually kind of map it out for you so that you can go, wow, I get why they came to Jerusalem. I understand it. Uh, because it's just, well, it's one of those facts of history that the universe is like a big clock and all they had to do was bring the clock back to the time of Jesus and they could actually see what was going on in the, in the stars and in the galaxy and they could replay it because the galaxy is like a big clock that God set up, which is pretty incredible. So I find it amazing that they saw this and then they went in search of. Now, now is it... It's not a small thing. If you saw something in the stars, and it seems to align that it's king and it's Jews, that they knew the Jewish people from the West, knew of them, 
Would you be willing to give up? Here's my first question for you. Like, hey, let's go on a trip. Where are we going? Well, we're probably going to walk from about here to New York. Your family would probably think you're nuts. Why would you do that? Because we saw something in the sky. And that caused them, there's a faith element here, that caused them to give up how much? And then we're going to see they gave their treasures. So they, they grabbed their treasures, took a very long journey, gave up time with their family, were in, if you will, at risk of being attacked or being hurt or being robbed or being stolen on a simple little thought from the stars that we've come to meet a king and we come to worship him. We don't know his name. We don't know anything about him. We just know he was born. Can you talk faith? I mean, sometimes, do you find this? Sometimes it's hard to get out of bed and go to church on a Sunday morning. Thank you for being here this morning. Much less, can you imagine saying, I'm going to walk to New York to go worship for a few moments and then walk back for the privilege of worshiping a king for just a few moments. How crazy would that be? I mean, they didn't come and camp and camp with Mary and Joseph for a month. They came and they met the child. And then they went home. Okay, well, I don't want to get ahead of myself. So, they're asking the question, so where, where is he to be born? And I almost find it interesting that they come a very long distance and Herod doesn't even realize it's just a couple miles from him. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. And coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. I think that's such an incredible thing that people from the East who didn't know Jesus came, fell on their knees, and worshipped God. We might go so far as to say this was the first conversion to Christianity. They met Jesus face to face. I can't imagine what was going on inside of them. They went on faith that it would be true what they saw in the stars would actually happen 
And to actually get to the place and you get on your knees and you're in front of Jesus and you worship him. Then, then they opened their treasures and they presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Now, the only thing I want to say about those, we, some other year we'll talk more about those, but they were given the best gift they had for a king that they didn't know based on something that they saw. And I'm guessing everybody back home thought they were crazy. That would be my guess. I would venture to say that everybody was like, that's insane. You're going to travel all those miles for what? Because of something you saw? Uh Uh-huh. And they took a step of faith, and they met Jesus, and they worshiped. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country. See, they came, we don't know where, but another country. They returned to the country by another route. Do you think they were changed? See, that'd be my question. Do you think their life was changed? I'm guessing it was so impactful. They were never the same. And how many people did they tell? It's like the gospel started when Jesus was an infant. How many people did they tell that maybe came in search, or maybe not. Maybe they just stayed where they were. But the gospel was already in another country, and they were telling about this king, Jesus. And I'm sure, I'm sure, even though we have no record of it, Mary told them that this was immaculate conception. And they must have been wowed to hear that what the star was, God not only confirmed, but then it changed their life as they met him. Now, what does this mean for us? See, you and I, I'm going to go back to what I shared earlier. You and I have the message. You and I have the relationship, and I, I pray that you have a relationship with Jesus. That's why he came. And I pray that you you. Take that relationship. Don't ever take it for granted. And look for opportunities today to love someone, to serve someone, to help someone, to pay for groceries, to be generous to a waitress, to just, well, I don't have to tell you. Here, I just wrote down a few things. Here's some things that God uses uh, in our lives. God uses astronomy. He uses his word. He uses angels. He uses people in our lives. He can use a traumatic incident. He can use a death, a birth. He can use circumstances. He uses nature for some, dreams for others opportunities. He uses his spirit. He uses our parents. He uses kids. 
uses teachers, uses coaches. He uses us. God wants to use us. I don't want you to miss it. This is, I think this is the heart of the message if I, if I would summarize it here. That when you have a relationship with Jesus, and if not, I pray today's the day that you say, God, I give you my life and my heart. And then from this day forward, here I am, God. Life is short. Here I am. Use every day of my life to make a difference. Use me. Provide opportunities for me. Keep my eyes wide open to use me to make a difference in someone's life. Because I think the only thing we're going to have to be able to take with us to heaven, this is just my opinion, is, is our thoughts. Like, like, we're going to remember. I think we're going to get to remember. And we're going to be like, man, that was so amazing what we got to do this, or we got to do that, or God let us do this, or God partnered with us. And then we'll get the rest of the story. And I think it'll be amazing to look back over our life, and I don't want you to miss it. And I think people miss it all the time. I think they miss what their life is about. And the greatest part of our life is allowing God to use us for his purpose. And that you'll never get tired of. You'll get to the end of your life someday and look back and say, man, I'm so glad God used me. In fact, you're going to probably want it more and more and more. And the joy that you'll get from doing this, you're going to want to do it more. I mean, we have a small, a small example of this. Like, okay, all this food. If you've never volunteered at the bridge, you've got to do it at least once. I promise you, it might turn into an addiction. Because when you get a chance to just love someone and you see the difference, you're like, I want to do it again. I want to do it again. And you realize it's it's not us. It's all God. That God brings a person in and brings you and matches you and then you just get to just love and serve them and you're like can I do it again? Yes. Can I do it again? And again? And again? And again? And the last person I'd ever have to tell this to is Marsha. Because every day she just gets to be there. See, that's what this story's about. Jesus came down and it changed lives. And people stopped living for themselves. And they started living for this, this king, this baby. And it changed the world. Here we are, 2,000 years later, we're still talking about this child who came into our broken world to save sinners like us. And then God comes to us and says, want a partner? Absolutely. Okay, just be you. You don't have to do anything special. Just be you. 
I'll provide the opportunities every day. Watch for them. Listen for them. And when they come your way, respond. Because it's really God doing it, and we're just watching. I mean, we're just watching. We're just walking through life like, is this an opportunity, God? Is this an opportunity? And then, boom, there's the opportunity. Like, thank you, God. Thank you. This is you. I just got to be part of it. My prayer for you is your whole rest of your life is you get to serve and you get to love and you get to show God's compassion and you get to show his kindness and you get to be generous and you get to tell them when appropriate about the love of Jesus about why you do it. Because I'll tell you something, when you get to the end, you will not regret ever doing the things you got to do. In fact, you will probably get to the end of your life and say, thank you, Jesus, for the unbelievable privilege to serve you in this life. And then you'll get to be with Jesus forever. But I think you're going to miss, like, man, I wish I could tell one more person about Jesus. I wish I could serve one more person. I wish I could help one more person with food. But you won't be able to. So don't miss it, friends. Don't miss it. That's why Jesus came into this world. Let's pray. God, I don't know how to say thank you enough for grabbing our hearts bringing us into a personal relationship with you and then commissioning us. That's a co-mission. That you, it's your mission. We get to just partner with you in your mission to save the world. But more than just save the world, to love the world, that's why you told us, Jesus, for God so loved the world. Help us to love people. You give us opportunities every day to love and serve other people. God, I thank you for that. And Father, I pray that you would open our eyes wide open so that we would take every opportunity to serve people the way that you serve us, to love people the way that you love us, to be generous with others the way you're generous to us, and to use all of our resources to serve and to help. God, I think we're the most privileged people on planet Earth because we have a relationship with you. Use every waking moment to help us point someone else to you so that they can have what you've already given to us. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Thank you for tuning in today. We hope you are challenged and encouraged to walk in truth in your everyday. Please share with friends and family, and we can't wait to have you next time on the Messiah Podcast.